you've got to give your listing some time on the market. You got to let it marinate for a little bit. What I'm seeing a lot of agents do, they get a listing and it's at whatever, let's just say it's 800,000. They put it on the market and within three hours, somebody comes in like, Hey, if I give you full price right now, can we get the deal done? You're like, full price already. Oh, my seller's going to be so stoked. I sold it in a day and they take the damn 800 and they're done. You dipshit. If you got 800 within five hours, could you imagine what you could get in five days? Welcome to the Whistle Way Podcast. My name is Kyle Whistle, your host with Whistle Realty Group and EXP Realty in San Diego. My name is Brian Kochi, the marketing director here at Whistle Realty Group. The goal of the show is to give you the tools, techniques, and tactics that you need to go out there and crush it in your business, whether that be real estate, mortgage, or really just any business out there. The way that we like to do it is to answer the questions that you have for us. So if you have a question you want us to answer, you can always go to thewhistleway.com. You can ask us questions on there. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast, the YouTube channel, our referral network, because we have a ton of people leaving California. Um, and find out about our upcoming Media Mayor Mastermind course, which is everything Brian and I have learned over the last six years of shooting videos together, condensed into a nice little package to help you shortcut your learning curve when it comes to shooting video in your business. And the way we like to run the show is to give you all of this value in 30 minutes or less. If you enjoy the show today, we'd love it. If you're listening on a podcast platform, hook us up with a review on there. If you are watching on YouTube, hit the little thumbs up button and the subscribe button and the little bell so you get notified of future episodes of the show. All right, Brian, what do you got today? So similar to one we did previous, um, I still want to mention we are in a very, very hot market. A little bit. Um, hottest that I've ever seen in real estate. Um, right now, list, and, and this is kind of true always, but m now more than ever, listings are king, right? Listings are the way to move forward. They're the way to scale. They're listings are life. Listings are life. Yeah. .com. We don't have that. Did we register rural referral? <laughs> no. Um, so let's talk about listings in yeah. a market that's this hot. Yeah. So here's what I'm seeing right now is that there's a lot of agents who are newer to the business or at least inexperienced when it comes to listings that don't have a freaking clue how to handle a listing, especially in a market like this. You've got to understand right now, if you have a listing like you have the holy grail in the palm of your hands like that is a very very valuable asset and i see a lot of people screwing it up i see them getting the listing and then just getting excited to get the listing sold but you've got to understand that listing that you have you got to parade that son of a bitch around <laughs> right like i and that's mean the intro right there yeah, yeah there you go like parade that thing like you've got something special share it with the world do not just put it in your pocket. Like, Hide it under a bushel? Yeah. No, I'm going to let it shine. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. That wasn't bad. You feeling it? I was expecting much worse. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was about to take my headphones off. It wouldn't have mattered. That wasn't as bad as I thought. Oh, no. Anyway. It's chalkboard. It's cool. So you got to parade this bad boy around. All right. So when you get the listing, you got to understand there's some rules out there. There's a little thing called the... NAR clear cooperation policy. So we're going to make sure we adhere to all of those rules. Um, but I strongly recommend when you get a listing, get that bad boy up on coming soon as quick as possible, whether that be your local MLS, the uh, Zillow, 
you know, any of those platforms, make sure you get it up, um, especially on the MLS, right? Because you have to have it there before you can market it. So make sure you get it up on the coming soon section as quick as possible. That obviously requires a photo. So you should take a photo of the property. Hopefully you know how to take a decent freaking photo. Some people shoot some terrible photos, but if, you know, something we do in our office, we have amazing photographers in our office. So what we can do is just shoot a photo, send it over to them, and they'll just kind of touch up the lighting, maybe drop in a different background. They never change the look of the house, but we might drop in, um, you know, a different sky, right? It's the winter time right now, so you might have a very gray, boring sky that doesn't, you know, make the house look good. So you're allowed to change the sky on a photo. Don't change the house in the photo. Or anything in the background or power lines. Yeah, or, don't do that. That's um, bad. Quick tip on photos. Take your phone horizontally. That's uh, side to side, the opposite of how you would scroll Instagram or Facebook side to side. Um, take a picture of the front of the house. It's best when the, the sun is shining on the house, not the sun is behind the house. Uh, that's how you get those nice rich colors. Um, and try and keep it as level as possible. Don't point up. Don't point down. Don't tilt it from left to right. Don't get don't get artsy with it. Take a photo of the house and make sure it doesn't look like it's falling down a hill. Quick, easy tips. Yeah, and if you don't know how to do the sky replacement, there's a company called Box Brownie. They can do a really cool sky replacement for you, or you can probably find somebody on Fiverr who can do it. Um, but get a photo. Just get a photo so you can get it up on coming soon. There's a lot of value. Parade that bad boy around. Show people you got the listing, right? Like, get it out there because that's going to create more opportunities for you. It's going to create some buyer opportunities. Now, it's going to be up to you. It's going to be up to your seller whether or not you're willing to accept a listing before it goes live. An um, offer. Accept sorry, an offer. Accept an offer before your listing goes live. So there's going to be scenarios where a seller is okay taking an offer before the listing goes live or active or whatever the status is called in your MLS and you are allowed to um, accept something within your brokerage, right? Because you're not allowed to show the listing to some people and, and not to other people. There's some rules about that stuff. So make sure you stay again within your rules. Um, but if there's a number that comes in and it's a number that your seller is happy with, it's okay to take an offer before it goes on the mark because right, we're still in a COVID world. Um, we've been listing properties lately, and despite our best efforts to price them high, we're still getting 20 showings in a day. I just listed my own personal property, not the one I live in, but uh, one of the properties I own, and there were 27 showings scheduled within the first 24 hours. That's freaking crazy. Would you want 27 people, actually 27 groups of people coming through your home during COVID? Maybe not, right? There's a lot of people who don't want that. So if you got a listing and you set a price and an offer comes in, it's up to your seller to decide if that's a number that they're comfortable with or not. Now, if it's me, I'm not accepting anything unless it is a number that almost scares me. If I'm not scared about an appraisal, I'm probably not going to encourage my seller to take it. That's, that's basically a rule. If you're like, somebody's really willing to pay that? Like, how the hell is it going to appraise for that? And we're like, that's a number that's probably worth taking. <laughs> Uh, Especially if it's cash, goal. then you don't have to worry about appraisal. Yeah. So there's going to be a scenario where you're willing to take an offer before it goes active on the MLS, right? If your seller wants to avoid anybody coming through the house, maybe they're immunocompromised or whatnot. I get it. There's a, there's a time and a place for it. But if once we rule that out, we decide, you know what, this is a listing that we're going to go live with. You've got to give your listing some time on the market. you got to let it marinate for a little bit. What I'm seeing a lot of agents do they get a listing and it's at whatever, let's just say it's 800,000. They put it on the market 
And within three hours, somebody comes in like, hey, if I give you full price right now, can we get the deal done? You're like, full price already? Oh, my seller's gonna be so stoked I sold it in a day. And they take the damn 800 and they're done. You dipshit. If you got 800 within five hours, could you imagine what you could get in five days? So don't get overly excited just because you got an offer. You're going to get a lot of offers in this market, hopefully, right? Maybe there might be markets or not, but at most markets, you're getting a lot of offers right now. But if you get 800 in five hours, that's a clear indicator that you're probably going to get more offers. Give it some time. Um, we're very strategic about when we list properties. There's a report that Redfin put out a while back that tracks the number of website views based on day and time. And most people think that the weekends and the nights is when there's the most activity on those websites. In fact, those are the lowest amounts of activity on those websites. The highest amount of activity is between nine to five, Monday to Friday, in particular, Thursday and Friday. So if we know that Thursday and Friday are the busiest days of the week on sites like Redfin and Zillow, shouldn't we have our listings at the top of the list on those websites on Thursday and Friday? Yep. How do we get our listings yep. to the top of those websites? <laughs> Zero days on market. The lower your days on market is, the higher you rank on those sites. And there's other tricks and tips to, to help them rank. Um, but days on market is the easiest one. That's the easiest one for you to control. So you want to make sure your listing is as low as possible on the days on market count on Thursday and Friday as possible. So you show up at the top of the results and get the maximum views. So we like to go live with our listings on either a Wednesday or a Thursday so that we are zero in one days on market for those two busy days of the week. Now, I'm not going to accept shit on a Thursday or Friday. That's crazy talk to accept something on a Thursday or Friday because there's a lot of people that work, especially right now before the time change. It's dark by like 5, 5.30. Like there's not even enough time to go see a house. Some people are like, you know what, let's wait till the weekend. We'll go see something now. They'll learn really quickly that that waiting till the weekend doesn't fly in this market. Um, but you want to make sure that you give a property a full weekend of exposure. I think it's totally crazy to not give a property at least a weekend of exposure. I think you're shooting yourself in the foot if you don't do that. What we like to do is make sure that we put it out there up front, make it very, very clear to agents that we are not even going to review offers with the seller until Monday at whatever time, like one right now we're doing Monday at noon. So you got to get your offer on Monday at noon. We're going to meet with the seller Monday afternoon to review the offers. Set that expectation up front. That way people aren't getting pissed at you when they write an offer on Thursday and you're like, yeah, uh, well, we're going to talk on Monday. Like put it out there up front. Set the expectation up front so that you don't piss agents off because there's a lot of people that are going to piss a lot of agents off in this market because they don't know how to handle multiple offers in a, in a crazy market. So they don't have anything in place for that. Now people are like, oh, well, what are you, when are you going to review offers? Uh, well, we're probably like Sunday, Monday, like, don't do that. Like just put a damn deadline on it so that people know what to expect. Um, other things is make sure you answer your phone, make sure you respond to messages, um, make sure that you have somebody, whether it be you or somebody on your team who's available to go show your listing over the weekend. Cause there's, you're going to get leads on your listing. Um, so be ready to jump on it and take advantage of those opportunities. Cause a lot of people in this market are going to work with whatever agent can get them in the door ASAP. So make sure that you're available to get people in the door ASAP. Um, so set your deadline. Again, for us, we're doing Monday at noon. We let people know we're gonna review offers Monday afternoon. So then you gotta decide on Monday afternoon, you have a couple of choices. If there's just an offer you can't refuse on Monday and your seller is just over the moon about the price on that offer and they, want, they pick one and they wanna run with it, cool. Um, I personally like to go back for more. Uh, 
So some of you guys might be getting a counter today on my property. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like to go back for more. Let me guess, highest and best. Not necessarily. I'm actually going to do a different strategy this time. I want to see. Uh, so there's a couple ways that you could do it. You could go back and go highest and best to everybody is a very easy solution. Um, or you could go back at a set number or set terms, right? Maybe you need to, oh, we need a rent back or we need um, a longer close, a, sh a shorter close, whatever. So you come back with terms, whatever you need to. Um, but the benefit of going back with a counter on Monday is you buy yourself a little bit more time. Because if somebody was out of town over the weekend, they didn't get to see it. You want to give them like Monday, Tuesday to go see it. So what I like to do is write a counter on Monday and then set a deadline of like the end of the day, Tuesday, maybe even Wednesday, depending on the situation. Um, and now it gives me one or two more days to get additional showings in there, potentially get additional offers, drive the price up additionally to an even higher number. Because now I was, I was online at the top of the search results Thursday, Friday. Then I got as many people in over the weekend as I could. And then I still got myself a little two-day buffer Monday, Tuesday to get more people in that were out of town over the weekend. So I'm really making sure that I'm getting full exposure. I'm letting this thing marinate. It's getting seasoned before I put the steak on the grill. Now, one thing we didn't really talk about, um, because typically we're going live pretty quick, um, and again, there are the rules with the, the clear co cooperation, but share a little bit about how, at least how it is in ours, how I understand it, we can share listings that aren't on coming soon with people within our brokerage. Is that correct? Correct. So that's, we were an independent brokerage for how long did you have it? In 12 years. Um, recently switched over to a larger brand. And that's one benefit that that definitely works in our favor that we didn't even see coming is now we can reach out to our business partners or our people that are in our group, yeah. in our brokerage and say, hey, this is what we have. What do you guys have for it? Gives them a benefit and also gives us kind of a good starting point. Yeah, so that that's perfectly allowed within the clear cooperation policy is you can share your listing with anybody else in your agency. So within our EXP group in San Diego, we have a Facebook group where we're allowed to share those listings um, within that group. It's perfectly allowed. It's totally cool. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the effective strategy is go live on Wednesday or Thursday, set the expectation up front. You're going to review offers on Monday. If you get an offer you can't refuse and your seller's just over the moon, go for it. Um, I like to give it at least another day just to make sure I get anybody in who missed out on it over the weekend. And then we'll sit down and I'm not going to lie to you. Have I gone back to the well a third time? Hell yes, I have. Um, so I'll go. The offers come in Monday. Let's just say we, um, everybody comes in at the highest offers 800 on Monday. And I'm like, you know, we're going highest and best. And then we get a few offers. Now somebody's at 815. Somebody's at 820. Um, 820 is my highest. There's no rule that says when highest and best is over that you have to pick one. There's no rule that says that like that's the end of the negotiation. That just means it's the end of the highest and best period. So I've definitely gone back and said, you know what? Hey, I got you and somebody else. You're both super close. If you can come up to 825, it's yours. There's no rule that says I can't do that. No rule says I, I can't go back again after highest and best. So uh, if I, my seller wants me to go back for more, that's my job is to get him every penny I can. And if I believe that I can get more, I'm going to. And you know what? To be perfectly honest, my first thought was um, I don't love that idea from, from a a person buying first I'm like I don't I don't it feels a little bit but then I thought about when I bought my house we went in it was listed at 600 we went in at 590 it was sitting it had been sitting there for three months nothing happened and then they went into escrow without us 
I'm like, what, what the hell? We didn't even get a counter. And then it came back. It turns out we had a very unique property that we wanted it. And it said, God, whatever we got to do to make it work. Like, so it's not necessarily squeezing people, but it's, it's giving them the opportunity to get the house that they, if they really, really want the house, I think we went in, we got it at first 610, 610 yeah. or 605. I was like, let's go. Like, if we need to go up an extra five grand, let's tie it up. I'm tired of waiting. I yeah. can't find anything else like this. So my first and thought you're was you're not like, alone. In this market, I, I everybody's in that same boat. If somebody's like, you know what? What's the difference between 820 and 825? They're like, if five Over more 30 grand years. gets it, F it, right? Let's, let's go. do it. Yep. Well, that five grand of that buyer that just says F it, that's $5,000 you just put in your seller's pocket. Because I tell my sellers, and this is the honest truth, is I treat their money like my money, right? I'm I'm a asshole when it comes to negotiating. Now, I carry myself better, <laughs> but I'm an asshole. I'm going to squeeze every penny I can because that's my job. That's what I'm getting hired to do is get every penny I can for my seller. So if I got to squeeze an extra five, I'm going to. If I, if I can get it for my seller and put five more grand in their pocket, that five grand, that's a lot of money. But when it's a negotiation to that buyer, it's like five grand and it's ours. F it. Let's go. But now five extra grand to your seller. And literally at that point, everyone's stoked. Because yeah. I, I was stoked that we got it for 610, even though we tried to get it, I don't know, oh, two months or a month earlier for, for 20 grand it was the, the sway. But I was like, let's go. I don't yeah. care. Let's do it. And now so, here we are. How long have you been there? A year and a half? Yeah. And now it's worth like 750. So I think you did okay. Right? Yeah, we're not moving for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I've, this is something too. I tell buyers. This is like on the opposite side of it. But like, if I tell a buyer, I've never had a buyer be mad at me because they overpaid by five or ten grand. Ever. I've never, ever, ever had a buyer be mad they overpaid by five or ten grand. But I sure should have had buyers be mad they underpaid by five or ten grand. I've had buyers constantly. Well, if I would have known I only had to come up ten grand to get it, I would have done it. Bitch, come up to 10 grand. Don't leave money on the table. This is not the market to leave money on the freaking table. You're not going to be mad at me two years down the road that you paid 10 grand over. In this freaking market, you're going to make the 10 grand back in a month or two with as fast as mm -hmm. values are going up. So come up. Do what you got to do to get the deal done. A um, couple rapid fire questions. I like to do this at the end now. Would you take an overpriced listing? 100%. How overpriced would it have to be for you to say, no? Nah. 20%. 20%. Okay. I'll take a listing 10% over what I believe it's worth all day. No questions asked. Um, Actually, I have a listing I've been working on for a few months while the guy's waiting for his new home to be built. I get to call him and be like, hey, I know we said we were going to list at a million. We're going to million one. He's like, really? You think we can get him? Like, I think we're going to get more than that. <laughs> I don't have any more rapid fire questions. It was just that one <laughs> oh, that question. Was, that was a rapid fire question. I just didn't want you to talk for a long time about it because we're, anyway. All good. All right, let's roll in. Uh, well, if you're getting value out of the show today, hopefully you are. Love it. If you're listening on a podcast platform, hook us up with a review on there. It really means a lot to us. It will help us not only be top 50 in Canada, but top 50 in the States under business podcasts. USA. So, yeah, let's do this. Um, also, if you're watching on YouTube, give us a little thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, and if you can hit the little bell on there, that'll notify you anytime we release a new episode of the show. Uh, before we wrap, what we like to do is share something we refer to as the whistle widget of the week. This is something we utilize in our business that either saves us time, makes us more money, or just helps us have more fun. What do you got, Brian? So I went to the camera store this weekend. I sold a bunch of gear, trying to consolidate some of my gear. I always tell people, the more gear you have, the less you will shoot. I guarantee it. 
I, I that being said, I keep buying more shit. I don't understand. Um, but what I got in How order geeky to is this one going to be? This one's not bad. Uh, in order to help consolidate my gear, in order to help it keep it small, light, um, and something that I'm going to grab. I'm not going to carry my whole suitcase with me every time I go somewhere. But I just got this little bag. It is from Peak Design. It's called their Everyday Sling 6L. Um, holds a couple lenses. Um, but I just got three new small little light lenses um, that I'm going to throw in here. And when it's time to take the kids to the park, I'm just going to grab this. When it's time to go to a meeting where I can take some photos, I'm going to just take this. So keeping it small, keeping it light, not having everything I own with me, um, hopefully will encourage me to take some more photos. There you go. How geeky was that? That's not, not too bad. bad. Cool. As long as you don't hang a cell phone around your neck like a necklace, we're good. I'm finding uses for it. <laughs> Shut up. As long as you got it like on the YouTube video, you just got to like stitch in this stupid thing around his neck. It's like Mr. T with a cell phone. Like It's like the camera version of Mr. T. I pity the fool. That's fine. <laughs> All right, cool. What I want to share with you guys is something uh, I've been obsessing over Gmail lately. And what's funny is this is something that actually came out many years ago. I think it was like nine years ago this came out and it never took off. But I effing love this. It's called Priority Inbox for Gmail. It's free. And what it does is it just allows you a better organizational system versus what Gmail has where it has like normal promotion spam. Um, it now has important and unread. It has starred and it has everything, everything else. else and then read down at the bottom. And it breaks it into four. Well, you could choose what you want, but those are the, the four that I use. So what's great is when I log in, it just shows me my 10 most recent important messages at the top. It blocks out everything else. Just what are the 10 most recent things that came in that are important? How does it decide if it's important? You train it. So as messages start coming in or emails start coming in, you, you tick a little box. Yes, this is important. No, this is not. Yes, no, yes, no. And it learns over time what's important to you. It also like if somebody sends you something that wasn't important and you respond, it realizes that probably was important. So next time it comes in, it'll mark it important. So OG machine learning before anybody talked about machine learning. So it's really cool. Um, but that way, I only see the important stuff at the top. Then it also has a starred section. So as I'm blazing through emails, sometimes I have ones that I don't have time to answer in the moment, but I need to come back to them a little bit later. Um, I'll star them and it'll just move it into that starred section. So that's kind of like my secondary section that I need to look at. And then everything else is down there. I think I've got like half a million emails in that everything else section because those are ones that are just not important to me. So I don't see them. They're literally below the fold. I don't even see them out of sight, out of mind. I don't get distracted by cat videos and Viagra ads. Like, I don't have to see any of that stuff. So Just so you know, I like cat videos. The Viagra ads wasn't a dig at me. I just <laughs> want to make sure that's very clear. Carry on. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Priority Inbox, it's, it's just fantastic. There's a YouTube video. If you just go on type Gmail Priority Inbox, it'll explain how it works. But I'm a giant fan. And it's freaking free. It works so well to stay organized with your email. So... That's what I got for you on the Whistle Widget of the Week. Hopefully, you guys got a lot of value out of the show today. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Whistle Wave Podcast. See you guys.